Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome in to this week's episode of the Don't Tell Mama Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kobold, joined by my guy, Max Faulkner. Max, we'll get to you in a second, because we got to introduce our new guy here making his debut on the Don't Tell Mama Sports Podcast. He is actually, Max, our fifth male nurse as a guest. Our fifth male nurse as a guest. We've only had seven, eight guys on here. He is the starting center fielder for our co-ed kickball team from Cincinnati, Ohio. The biggest Bengals fan I know. My guy, Mike Zentz. Mike, what's going on, brother? Not much, man. Thanks for having me on the pod today. Uh, really appreciate it. Super excited. Uh, super honored that it is the uh, 69th podcast. 69th oh. epi. Oh, man. That Couldn't is have my thought of a better number. one myself to come and make my debut on. Hell, yeah. I, I forgot to mention. Yes, Max, the 69th episode. We've wow. been doing this over a year now. We've been doing this yeah. over a year. Mm-hmm. Sitting, down, sitting down, shooting the shit, talking NFL, that. college basketball, and what else. But... We had to bring our guy Mike Zentz on today. We're going to be talking Bengals update. We're going to be talking our usual extra juicy dogs, our usual NFL talk. But before that, Max, I got to ask you about that Christmas t- Christmas tree in the background. Oh, my. Uh, that caught well, my eye here. That caught my eye. Oh, it's pretty, ain't it? Oh. It's pretty, ain't it? I, I know, I know. Uh, first off, thanks for everybody coming out to, for the Don't Tell Mama Sports podcast tonight. Thanks to Mike coming out here. It's always good to have a guest star on our show. And uh, please like, comment, and subscribe. Let's hear from you. We are also located on YouTube, uh, obviously YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't That's forget your tweets. That's a few. But let's get to this Christmas tree, Breezy. Where do you think I got this bad boy? What do you think I got this? Well, you turned the wrong way. Turn the other way. Well, what, all right. <laughs> Where do you think I get this bad boy? Well, you already told me, so you already told me. <laughs> well, then go ahead and tell everyone. <laughs> I believe you said the Home Depot. I got this bad boy from the Home Depot. Okay, I go to a Christmas tree lot. Okay, they got about five footers. My wife and I are asking, uh, what's the price range around here? Okay, he's trying to work us up, work us up, and then finally he gives us the prices. And for a five footer, it was $150. For an eight-footer, which is this bad boy right here, $300. I got this bad boy for 70 bucks at the Home oh. Depot. If everyone everyone right now, if you need a Christmas tree, you need something cheap, go to Home Depot because this this is a damn good tree. I'll tell you right now. Look, look at these branches. There ain't, there ain't no ornaments falling off this tree. Yeah. Not hitting the ground on this tree. No way. <laughs> it looks very nice. Shout out to Kelly sitting here in the room. She just pointed out. We got the Home Depot sign back up oh. here. Could be an official sponsor. Mike, what do you think about the Home Depot being an f- official sponsor that don't tell Mama Sports Podcast? I think that's a great idea. <laughs> I mean, think about uh, think about all the home improvements you could do with that and get this pod really shaping up. Oh, yeah. man. I mean, cool. don't tease me. Courtesy of the Home Depot me. has a nice ring to it. Mm. Well, Max, you got anything else for me before we get into our usual sports talk? Like, we're going to we're going to finish with college basketball. Usually we've been starting with college basketball, but we're going to finish with it. We're going to kick Mike out of here. Mike Mike doesn't watch college ball. He's in no, here for the NFL geez. talk. No. So that's why we're saving it for the end. So say, stay for the end. Max, you got anything else before we start? No, man, I, I'm uh, I, my mouth is watering. I'm salivating oh. all over oh. this, Mike. Let's get into some sports. Come on. I've been waiting for it all week. <sighs> I got to quench my thirst here. 
Uh, I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. The White Rascal from Avery Brewing here in Boulder, Colorado, home of the Buffaloes. This Belgian white, baby, it's smooth, and I could drink it all day. Avery Brewing, White Rascal. I will go ahead and vouch for that. That is my favorite beer. All right. That is my favorite beer out of all the places that have been in the United States. That one by far is the tastiest. Let's get in here to some college football talk because the playoff committee, they made their selection this past Sunday after championship week. Now we, we don't talk a lot of college football in here. You know, we've talked about the Colorado Buffaloes, the Notre Dame Irish a little bit, but we got to talk about this playoff here. The top four teams selected this season. Number one, the undefeated Big Ten champions, the Michigan Wolverines. Following them, number two, the Washington Huskies, undefeated Pac-12 champions. Last season of the Pac-12, could it be a Cinderella story for the Huskies? We'll talk about it. The three seed this year are the Longhorns of Texas. 12 and 1, the Big 12 champions smacked the shit out of the Cowboys in that game. And number four, maybe a little controversial, we'll get to it. But number four this year, the Alabama Crimson Tide, your boy Nick Saban. 12 and 1, the SEC champs. Number five, and left out, the first team left out of this year's playoff. Now, this is the last season that four teams is going to be. Mm-hmm. Next season, we move to a 12 team format. Okay. But this season, the first team left out was the undefeated 13-0 ACC Power Conference champions, the Seminoles of Florida State. Followed by them was the back-to-back champions, the Georgia Bulldogs. Mm. They lost in the SEC, SEC championship game to Bama. was number one pretty much all year. First off, I was shocked that they fell all the way to six. Okay, mm. That sucks that they couldn't have a chance to defend their title. But I'll throw it to you here, Max. What's your biggest takeaway from this selection? And did the committee get this right? Okay. I mean, I think the goose in the room. Wait. Oh. It's, not go- it's not goose time yet. Wait. Okay. I already so hear keep it, your huh? windows closed, everybody. Keep them closed. Okay. A lot of geese have been flying around this place. And I, I can't. I, I've had too much duck meat. Too much duck meat lately. Okay. It's a little too, a little too much. A little too hard on the stomach. The goose in the room, as we all know, is Florida State not making this top four. They're 13 and 0. How the hell did they get kicked out? I, I'm I, I'm appalled. Okay, I'm appalled. Of course they're gonna slide in Alabama. They always do. Okay, I get it. They beat the they beat number one Georgia. I get that. Uh understandably. But then why did Texas also push out Florida State? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense to me, boys. I think Florida State at 13 and 0. If anything, you got to go by record. They're the ACC champions. Okay, it's not a scrub league. Get out of here. We we've seen uh like UCF go undefeated and miss the playoffs, but we've never seen a power conference champion miss the playoff like Florida State today or this season. Um, I will say you can't have Bama if you don't have Texas because Texas beat Bama this season. And you can't have Georgia in there and not Bama because Bama just beat Georgia. Mike, I'm going to throw it to you here. What's your biggest takeaway from these this selection, and did the committee get this right? Well, you know, 
I kind of go, I, I, I see it on both sides um, because I do think Alabama is better. But when you go undefeated, you're fucking undefeated. Yes. <laughs> and you are, you won the ACC. Like you swung a big dick this year. And <laughs> I think that needs to be rewarded. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a, uh, you know, as you know, from the introduction, I'm from Cincinnati and, you know, my Bearcats last year went into the playoffs and we were undefeated but we're also not in the acc and we got absolutely fucking smoked as you can expect um but i thought georgia yep georgia and you know they so it's i don't know i see both sides because it's like all right you really think another team is better they're out there without their starting qb now um and you know they do take it into effect so i kind of see both sides but let me tell you if i was a player and that's who it is who this is about is the players the fans too like you're undefeated you're in the acc you got to be able to fight for your chance and this is still so new that it's like you can't just automatically wave them out i think i think you can't just automatically give it to alabama or an sec team yeah i agree with you there mike um my biggest takeaway here, obviously, with you guys, Florida State not not being in it. Um, since week two, they've been ranked inside the top five every single week. They've been inside the top five every single week that you've been ranking them. They've been exactly number four all but one week since week seven. They've been at number four. They were number four going into championship week. They weren't number five or number six. Texas and Bama both jumped them. You mentioned Jordan Travis out for the season with the yeah. with the leg, with the foot. And that sucks. That sucks if, if that was the main reason that the committee didn't feel like Florida State could actually compete because of that. That that's that just sucks. That sucks. They deserve to be in there. Ain't no mm-hmm. doubt about it. It sucks Georgia isn't in there to defend their back to back championship. Mm-hmm. Let's finish up this college football talk. Max, give me your championship matchup and the team that's going to raise a banner. One thing that I do want to bring up, last thing on Florida State. All right. I think the fans should start a TikTok trend. I'm not on TikTok. I don't give give a crap for that shit. But I will say that if there's one thing that you guys can start in Florida or Florida State, flipping tables. All right. Just anywhere that you go, it doesn't matter where you are. Just flip a table. I I would be so pissed off. uh, Put put fill the table with a Thanksgiving meal and fucking flip it. <laughs> Just flip the damn thing. Show your anger and your frustration because uh, that it's just ridiculous. But anyway, moving on to the championship game. You know, it's probably going to be Michigan versus Alabama. I, I think Alabama is probably going to squeak in there because Mich- Michigan's do. playing Alabama first. Oh, Michigan does play Alabama. Sorry, sorry. Ooh, that's a. <laughs> Uh, I, I, that's even juicier now. Okay. I still got Michigan. I think Michigan's really good. It, uh, regardless of the, the whole spying situation. Uh, I think Stein they're stealing. pretty, yeah, I think they're a pretty damn good team. Uh, we never really talked about the sign stealing situation. Uh, everybody, uh, how, how do you steal signs from football? There's like, it's, I, I, well, they did it. They did it. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what, like running play, like, passing play. Is that like the only way you can tell? So, I mean, they steal signs like they steal in baseball and, you know, you just kind of line them up. All right. Is this going to be run? Is it going right, left? 
but a lot of uh former players came out and they said yeah this shit happens all over the fucking league and you know like i mean you go to a couple years back the patriots got caught for sign stealing against the cincinnati Bengals. But like looking like having cameras directly at their sideline from their boxes. Like, I think it goes from NCAA up to the NFL. And I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think they just got fucking caught and they're making, you know, an example out of them. So I don't, I don't think it means anything and free Harbaugh. I mean, like, I just <laughs> like, it's everyone fucking does it. Who gives a shit? What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Like it's competition. Let them, let them do it. Well, well said. That that actually explained everything. To be perfectly honest, there, uh, Mike. Yeah, uh, honestly, yeah. Pretty, pretty Harbaugh. Man, the NCAA hates Harbaugh. Do they not? Do they not just hate six this games? Guy? Six games this year. Three at the beginning. Three just now. Six games this year. They only played thirteen. They only played thirteen. <laughs> he was, and he was out half the 13, season. And they're still thirteen and zero. That just goes to show you how damn good Michigan is, even with their head coach out. I'm gonna go Michigan versus Texas. Just to speed things up, I think Texas is the better team over Washington. But don't sleep on the Huskies. I think the Pac-12 was was pretty good this year, other than USC, which was a big disappointment. Last season of the Pac-12, it it would be a great story if the Washington Huskies could do this. But I'm with you. I don't I don't think they beat Texas. I think Texas is on another level. Yeah. But I also agree with you, Max. We agree way too much on this podcast. But I got the Michigan Wolverines, free Harbaugh. Six-game suspension in a 13-game season. That sucks. Shout-out Rich Payton, my father-in-law. Go Blue. I think Michigan gets this one done this year. Undefeated. I would like to see that. I would like to see it. Go Michigan Undefeated. on that. Go, go Blue. Mike, are you going to agree or disagree with us? I'm going to agree. Hey. Uh, hop on the train. I, 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 I was with Max before, and then you corrected him. I was going to say uh, Michigan, Alabama, but – they're playing first, but I mean, also don't sleep on Alabama, man, Alabama. They've yeah. been there before, but I mean, so is this team. Always. They have an active roster. It's been a national championship. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think you can go either way, but my gut says Michigan, uh, Texas. Nice. Moving along this week on the don't tell mama sports podcast. We got our guy, Mike Zentz here joining us from Cincinnati, Ohio. We got to get a Bengals update. Oh, Bengals. A Bengals update. Bengals. You know, we got a Chargers update a couple weeks ago from our guy Kyle Jennings. This week, we're getting a Bengals update. We got guys all over the place. The Cincinnati Bengals, they're coming off a big Monday night football win last week against the Jaguars. I believe nine and a half, ten point underdogs in that game on the road. Very impressive what I saw from Jake Browning. Mm -hmm. The Bengals right now, they're six and six, sitting at 10th. In the AFC, okay, they're 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 in the hunt, but I'm gonna I'm gonna start this conversation off right now. They're not making the playoffs, but I'm gonna throw it to Mike here. What do you think about the Cincinnati Bengals six and six season and Joe Burrow being out for the rest of the year with the with the ligament tear in the wrist? Well, as uh, anyone can expect, I'm sure some of the uh, pod listeners can feel it too with all the season ending injuries to quarterbacks, you know, it's a, it's a real yeah. kick in the dick <laughs> to have yeah. your franchise quarterback go out, especially someone like Joe, you know, he's the glue of the team. He's a leader. Um, but, you know, you see him on the sidelines and, you know, he's helping out and uh, you know, but I will say to kind of backtrack a little bit, the night of his injury when Jake Browning was in there against the Ravens, 
He didn't, he didn't score a point, but we're also playing against the Ravens, you know, one of the best defenses. Mm-hmm. What do you expect a guy whose first NFL, you know, playing time is going against the Ravens and just mid-game? Um, yeah. You know, I thought, you know, he shows poise. He shows confidence. He threw some darts. He made some really good throws against the Ravens, and that immediately gave me confidence. I just thought he was a little immature in the pocket. You know, he doesn't have the game-time feel. You know, he and he kind of showed that against Jacksonville a couple times early on, like especially during that fourth down heat when he got sacked. You know, you got to be able to feel the pocket collapsing, get out, move, scramble. Um, but that just comes with game time experience. You know, you went from a backup and not getting a lot of reps to being the number one guy. And, you know, that's it's just something you expect. But, you know, he uh, didn't look good against the Steelers, but another great defense, another one of the top defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, went against the Jags and balled out, showed out. It was incredible. Ice in his veins. And, uh, you know, he's got a great supporting cast. You know, I mean, you got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins right there. You know, Mixon's, uh, you know, as your, back, as your running back. You know, it's, uh, yeah, I was very impressed. He made some really good plays, made some good audibles at the line too. And, you know, tight game, lots of pressure, and he stepped up. That's not easy to do. Even yeah. good franchise quarterbacks crumble in those situations, and he he kept it alive. Just to mention Jake Browning here on the Monday Night Football game at Jacksonville, 32 for 37. Let me say that again, 32 for 37. Damn. For Damn, 354 yards. I got something, man. Fifth highest completion percentage in Bengals history. Wow. that's a That's a stat right there. Okay. Good okay. Nugget. Good nugget there, Mike. Max, I want to get your opinion opinion on Jake Browning, but first, Jack Alvarado, I believe a two time champ in our fantasy football league. I got a Respect. quote here. I got a quote here from Jack. I asked him about Jamar Chase, and we'll get him, into him in a second. Is he a keeper? It's safe to say is he a keeper? He said it's safe to say. Quote from Jack: Hoping they cut Burrow and just keep this Browning kid. <laughs> Max and end quote Max what's your opinion on Burrow getting getting tossed to the side and Jake Browning possibly taking this Bengals team over I'm gonna go Fucking ahead and dog pick. shit take Jack <laughs> dog shit take Fucking I'm, terrible <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and bring out the Midwestern in me and go stop S-T-A-A-A-O-P stop Enough. All right. Joe Burrow is elite. All right. He's one of the, he's a top five quarterback when he's on the field. He must really not like Joe Burrow. He must not be a fan of this guy. Uh, Even though that he's been throwing the ball to Jamar Chase all year round, uh, increasing his fantasy numbers all year round for him. Uh, But that's all. Yeah. Agreed with Mike. Shit take there, Jack. No way. No way. Uh, Definitely, Mike, got your opinion on that already. Let's look at the running back position moving forward real quickly. We know Joe Mixon. He he came back this season. He restructured his deal. Thought, you know, this was a Super Bowl contending team. Not looking like that. Sorry, Joe. He's going to be a free agent this season. We see a rookie fifth rounder, Chase Brown, coming in. What do you got to tell me about him? Yeah, I really liked what uh, Chase Brown showed us the other day. And, uh, you know, Mixon, uh, 
he's definitely slowing down a little bit. You know, he's one of the worst in the league, the yards after contact. And one of the other stats is our run blocking. You know, we added some people to offensive line this year. And, you know, Orlando Brown left tackle and that moved our old left tackle to right tackle. So, you know, we, we, we kind of beefed up and, you know, we have a healthy O-line finally. And they are, you know, they're, they're top 10 for run blocking and their responsibilities. And Mixon just has not been able to produce. I think he's lost a step a little bit and, you know, he, he had a really good game, but he was also just running through massive holes. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the stats don't lie, um, but for what we have him for, you know, we're not paying him 10, $15 million a year. He stays healthy. Um, he does what you need to do. He's a good receiving back. So I think he's good right now. I don't think we abandon ship on him unless, you know, the one, the one good thing about Joe Burrow getting hurt, the bright side is, you know, I, I love seeing my boys do good, but if we tank the season, just moved up in that draft order, you know, we got, you know, either a safety or something or a shutdown corner out of the draft or, you know, get a good running back, you know, literally anyone or even beef up the offensive line, mm. you know, even more because you can never have yeah. too good of an offensive line or good defense. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it, that, as far as like tossing the season, that's kind of hard to say because you always want to see your boys do good and it makes you feel better going into the next. But yeah. Will Joe Mixon be in a Cincinnati Bengal uniform next season? Ooh, that's a tough question. Um, yeah, because he's like on a one-year deal. I think he's only making like 1.5 million this year or something. 1.7. Yeah, wow. Um, because he wanted to free up cap space, you know. And then he got that. We signed Orlando Brown to left tackle, and you know he got a massive bag. Um, and obviously Joe Burrow, you know, highest paid player in NFL history. <laughs> yeah, but deserved. <laughs> deserved. Glad we did it. Ten out of ten, we do it again. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Joe Mixon loves Cincinnati. He does a lot for the community. Um, Cincinnati loves him. Not a bad thing to say about him. Maybe besides his, you know, right before the draft, <laughs> you know, that little incident he had at the bar. But um, otherwise, great guy. Great guy. Besides that, you know, I think he's matured a lot. And I don't know. I could see him just kind of taking a, maybe taking a step back. He's also a team captain. So, you know, the team rallies behind him, too. I think he'd be a hard one to get rid of, but I would not be surprised if he's also not. But you better have a good replacement. Yeah. Well, a possible replacement by, might be this rookie, Chase Brown. Yeah. We saw on Monday night. Monday night, he rushed nine times for 61 yards. 6.1 a pop is pretty solid. Yeah. Max, going into next season, where are you going to have Jamar Chase ranked amongst your wide receivers? Well, why why are we even going to rank him? Because he's going to be a keeper in our fantasy football league. So I, I, I don't non-keeper league squeef. <laughs> non-keepers keeper league squeef. Uh, just off the top of my head, I I might have C D Lamb ahead of him, Tyreek Hill, and Justin Jefferson. So I might be looking at number four. Ooh. Uh, that's that's a good foursome right there. That's, uh, that's a good foursome. You could swap those all around. That's a that's a good foursome. Might get in there. Not CD. I agree with everything else. Not CD though. Oh, CD's having no, a great season. No, he's having a great oh, season. Cowboys, no, nah, <laughs> not even receptions already. CD, yeah, not even receptions. Uh, Eleven hundred. Eleven hundred nah, yards. CD's too. I mean, you also got to look at his quarterback too. That Dak, two hit or miss. I, but I mean, all receivers are. You know, they're gonna have a couple of weeks where they they're dog shit. They don't do anything. You know, yeah. That, yeah. That, that that's everyone. It's just the league. It's the NFL. Sometimes they're gonna get shut down. But yeah. Um. I mean, Jamar. And Joe Burrow, that connection, man. Whew. Yeah, he he is not better than uh, than that. 
since LSU. Yeah, I love teammates working together, playing together again. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's cool. That's a sexy foursome that you threw out there, Max. Maybe throw A.J. Brown at the end of that. Yeah, yeah. Stephon, yeah. Stephon Diggs, possibly. Uh, I would but, put him sixth. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That, that's up there. That's up there. Move it. Uh, last thing here, Mike. The Bengals sitting at six and six. Do they make the playoffs this year? And what's the outlook going forward to next season? Um, it's real tough to say. I mean, I say no. Um, just based on our schedule. I mean, just two weeks ago, three weeks ago, you know, they came out and said we have the hardest remaining schedule out of anyone in the league. You know, we're down our franchise quarterback. Yeah, it may not mean anything with Jake Browning in there, but you know, it's it's been an off and on season for us. So yeah, we we just haven't been clicking. So especially without Joe Burrow, I say no. Yeah. Max, I already opened this up saying that I do not think the Bengals make the playoffs. Do you are, are you gonna make it a threesome here? Yeah, no way. Uh without an elite quarterback, it, it's the AFC is a tough league. It's a tough league and I mean, I, I just don't see it. Staying in the NFL this week on the Don't Tell Mama Sports Podcast, we got to talk about two guys that had some big games last week. Some big games. Max, lead us into our Hades three-headed dogs. Oh, the Hades three-headed dogs. I missed them. I missed them because uh, it, it, it's been a couple weeks since we had a guy that has scored three touchdowns in a game. But we had two last week starting on Thursday night. If you are a DK Metcalf, if DK Metcalf is on your fantasy football team, oh my goodness, this was a breath of fresh air because he has been having a down season. He's a guy that you probably drafted third, second, third round maybe, and you're like, oh my God, I, like what, what's going on? But he had three touchdowns on six catches, 134 yards, and a 38.4 fantasy fantasy points. What a game. Colbrizi, are you excited about putting him in your lineup for the rest of the season? Because I, I – they're taking on San Francisco coming up. Uh, I think they have another couple of tough matchups. What, what are you thinking about that? That was actually a season high, 134 yards for DK Metcalf. Um, I, we're a fan of DK. I, 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 I don't have DK. anything. I don't yeah. have anything bad to say about DK. I think you can fire him up on a weekly basis. He only had three touchdowns on the season coming into this one, but th double this, that. This one bumped him up to wide receiver 18 in full PPR leagues. I like DK a lot. Mike, what do you guys say about DK? I like DK too, but, um, you know, I think he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's good for wherever you draft him. He's never going to be in like, you know, your top five. No. Um, no. And, you know, I, I think he's a good, you know, late second, third round uh, pick. So I, I think he's good for what he's valued at. You know, he's not a first rounder. So I think, I think for what he's valued at, he's good. Gino, Gino definitely isn't isn't doing what he did last year, but uh, the fact that DK's up to wide receiver eighteen now, pretty solid. Max, who's our next guy? All right, let's go ahead. Another guy that I kind of I kind of compare them in a way. I don't know why. It's just because they're so up and down. How about that? They're so up and down. There's games where they blow up, and then there's games where they don't do shit. Okay, Debo Samuel had a hell of a game the other night. Debo Samuel had only four catches. For 134 yards, two touchdowns. He also had 22 rushing yards with a rushing touchdowns. That's good enough for 36.8 fantasy points. Man, Debo Samuel, another guy that sadly gets injured a lot as well. Uh, but 
if he was in your fantasy lineups, I mean, you got to be excited for the rest of the year, especially because this week is the final week of fantasy football. Everybody set your lineups. You got to be squeaking into the playoffs like me. Yeah. Crazy. This is the last week. Yeah. Debo Samuel in that pretty much an ass beaten in Philadelphia. That that's surprising of the, yeah. they were only one loss Eagles there. Uh, Debo had three touchdowns on seven touches. He only touched the ball seven times and scored on three of them. That's crazy. Yeah. He only had two touchdowns through week nine. Now he has five in the last four games. Debo's heating up, baby. He's a gadget player. He's a weapon. He's wide receiver 25 in full PPR leagues right now. Mike, what do you got for us on Debo? Debo's turning up. He's heating up, like you said. Uh, Strike the iron while it's hot. And yeah, he's he's turning it up, but the whole 49ers are healthy. And that opens it up for him, too. A lot of weapons there for Brock Purdy. Mm. Max, what if yeah, Mr. Irrelevant, you're right. Yeah. Max, what if I told you that Queef Wilson started both DK and Debo and lost? Oh, my goodness. I don't know how that is possible. Did he have a couple of gooses in that lineup, too? Oh, we're getting to the gooses. And he's <laughs> in the we'll be talking about Queef Wilson again. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, that sucks. That really sucks. Speaking of those gooses, uh, hold on, Mike. Uh, we you came in. You uh, you leave, did you shut the door? I think I did. I uh, I, uh, I think I is it is it coming from you, Max? Is it in the I, tree? I, I, I'm looking if it's in the tree because I, I'm definitely hearing some squeaking. Uh, might be a squirrel. Oh no, it's a goose. It's okay, thank you. I thought it was a squirrel. Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> We got to talk about our gooses here. This is a segment where we take a couple minutes here to make fun of a couple guys in our league that started players with zero or negative points. And this week, the gooses are back. We had four of them in our league. Four of them. Let's start here with the aforementioned Queef Wilson. He started Terry McLaurin this week. They got their ass beat 45 to 15 by the Dolphins. Scary Terry had three targets. We got a quote here from Terry McLaurin. Quote, I ran a lot of cardio, end quote. (laughs) (laughs) Terry is wide receiver 29 on the season in full PPR leagues with only two touchdowns. Queef Wilson, he would have won his matchup had he started George Pickens or Adam Thielen over Uh... Scary Terry. Like we said, he had Debo and DK in there. I want to talk about Sam Howell for a second because he had 12 completions for 127 yards in this game. Oh, 12 completions for 127 yards, but I'm going to shock you with this one. Sam Howell leads the NFL in completions. He leads the NFL in attempts and Sam Howell is second in the NFL in passing yards. Yet he has no, yet he has no fantasy relevant, relevant wide receivers. Who's he passing to? Chucking it, man. He's chucking it. Max, what do you think about scary Terry? Terry McGoosen getting a goose this week. Well, the Washington football queefs, uh, I stay away from them every single year. All right. I, I don't ever want anybody on that team. I had scary Terry before on my team and he was me. Medi- that was like three years ago too. And he still was mediocre. He had like one good season. I, I don't even remember who the quarterback was then Robert Griffin. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember. Uh, football queefs suck. I, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> Yeah. 
Give me your opinion on Terry McLaurin and this goose, uh, Mike. Do you would, would you start him moving forward? He's going to L.A., to the New York Jets, and hosting the San Francisco 49ers these next three weeks. Um, Probably bench him against uh, the Rams, but Jets, all day. <laughs> all day. All day, baby. But scary Terry, uh, a little bit too scary with that goose egg. <laughs> a, little, a little bit late on the Halloween prank there. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I agree. Fuck scary Terry. You better put him on your bench. Next goose that we had in our league. It's an unfortunate goose, but he was still started in our league, so we still got to bring him up. It was Tank Dell, rookie wide receiver for the Houston Texans. He broke his leg. He had surgery on his ankle. It's looking like it, it was a complicated injury here, but he finishes his rookie season with 47 catches for 709 yards and seven touchdowns in 11 games. That's That's pretty good. He had five touchdowns in the last four games coming into this game. He was wide receiver 11 in full PPR leagues. Looking like possibly the best rookie wide receiver. Yeah. We're looking at Nico Collins this week. He's on Kelly's team. Nice, nice flex for you. In this past game, Nico Collins had nine catches for a buck 91 and a touchdown. Boy, oh boy, Nico Collins is looking like a possible breakout. Max, give me your opinion on Tank Dell. Looking at him next season, C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. Oh, man. Uh, C.J. Stroud is – he's going to be the next elite quarterback. Uh, we, we said it before. He might be dumb as rocks, but damn it, he can throw the ball. Damn it, he can play football. Uh, and you got to be excited if you're in Houston. Okay, Tank Dell, it's such a buzzkill. Uh, what a great season he's been having, and he's one of the number one options on this young team with C.J. Stroud. you got to love Houston. I, I, I They're fun to watch. Mike, looking into next season, assuming Tank Dell makes a full recovery, would you be comfortable with him as your wide receiver too? Absolutely. Plenty of time to recover, rehab that. Him and CJ got something going on. I mean, I I would take him in a heartbeat. Another goose. Fat, juicy goose. Sweaty, jelly-filled gooch. Goose in our league was Juwan Johnson, the New Orleans Saints tight end. They, Jack picked him up. Our buddy Jack, he's been yeah, shuffling pick, tight ends. Pick up Goose. A nice pick up uh, Goose for you, Pick Jack. up Goose. Jack, we got a juicy quote from you earlier. Now you got a juicy Goose. He's been <laughs> shuffling tight ends since he lost Mark Andrews. But in this 33-28 to 28, loss to Detroit, Juwan Johnson had three targets. He's now tight end 38 on the season. He's got two home games coming up against the Panthers and the Giants. Mike, can you start Juwan Johnson moving forward? You know, you uh, not after that performance, but you, I think you could. Oh, I think you could. Wow. He'll, he'll get it back. I mean, Mark Andrews was too good of a uh, player. I mean, like hey, you're you're gonna get you have to have a tight end. You're gonna get some looks, um, and I think he'll I think he'll turn it up. I hope he does. I hope he gets out of his own head, catches that fucking ball, moves forward. But also not because fuck the Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> If you, if you start Jawan Johnson, you better be hoping for one catch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Anything else on Jawan, Max? That's all I got to say. He's a queef. <laughs> Last goose. Last fat goose in our league was the Browns defense. Now, the Browns have a good defense. Even after yeah. this goose, they are ranked third. They're still ranked Ooh. third after this goose as the defensive special teams. Happens. They, they lost in L.A. to the Rams 36-19. to 19. 
they got home games home games coming up against Jacksonville and your Bears. Max, you are you firing up the Browns defense in, in those games? If it, it looks like Trevor Lawrence is not going to play. So, yeah, against the Jaguars. Yeah. And then the Bears. Bears suck. Yeah. Bring it on. <laughs> yeah. You're fucking Bears. What do you think about the Browns defense, Mike? Oh, I think they're excellent. I mean, any defense is going to be good if you have Miles Garrett. So oh, yeah. he's, he's great. Yeah. He's, uh, he's going to draw a lot of attention and he's still going to find a way to get to the quarterback. So it's, uh, yeah, you know, when when your DN is causing your entire offense, the opposing offense, the game plan around them, you you know you're in for a long game. Yeah. Welcome back here this week to the Don't Tell Mama Sports Podcast. I'm Matt Cobol, joined by Mike Zentz and my guy Max Faulkner. Let's get into this week's NFL Week 14 Extra Juicy Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whoa 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 oh my goodness you're right you're right i don't i don't know if you were gnawing at an ankle or if you were blowing a dick <laughs> <laughs> well those are two very different things but damn it if you fell asleep during the break now you're awake baby you're on the don't tell mama sports podcast these are our week 14 extra juicy dogs max give us your quarterback all right all right we brought him up earlier. Okay. I got Dak Prescott this week. Dude, he is going on a tear. In our fantasy football league, he's ranked number three, number three in quarterbacks. This season, so far, he has 26 touchdowns, six interceptions, and two rushing touchdowns with 3,234 passing yards. In the last three games, guys, zero interceptions zero he is he is passing the ball clean and he is getting it to my guy cd lamb which we'll talk about in a little bit what else you got Cobrezi? you know dak's been a a hate love player for us but damn it he he might be having a career year right now might be having a career year he's hot feeding cd i like it mike what do you think about c or what do you think about dak and give me your quarterback dak ain't got that dog in him dak ain't got that dog He's going to shit his fucking pants against the Eagles <laughs> like he normally does. He ain't, he ain't got that dog. <laughs> my um, my dog of the week, though, Patty Mahomes. Yeah, you know, I think he's going to come back. There's a chance he doesn't, but I think he's going to come back. He's playing against the Bills. He's going to step it up. It's a big game. They got they already got history. Um, I, I, I think Patty uh, – fucking pops off that's a guy who's got that dog <laughs> we definitely know patty's got that dog that's a that's a juicy game there against the bills high over under i like that pick you know if you if you spend a second round or a third round pick on patty mahomes you're you're not happy about it you're not happy about it this season he you know he's lower down in the rankings yeah my extra juicy dog at the quarterback position for week 14 is going to be justin herbert okay you know we, we talked about him plenty on this podcast but he's playing denver playing the Broncos. Yeah. Justin Herbert, he's QB six on the season. He's thrown for 300 yards just three times this year and only once since week three. Oh, geez. Since week three. He only has one 300-yard game. He has one touchdown and two turnovers over the last two games. Played Baltimore and at New England in that in that six to zero snoozer last week. Oh, my the fuck Lord. Was that? Oh, my fuck Lord. Was that? The Chargers, they're slight favorites at home with a 43.5 point over under. The Broncos, they're 23rd against quarterbacks. 
I was I was looking at Matthew Stafford, maybe putting him in my lineup. Nah, I'm sticking with Justin Herbert. He's my guy. Justin Herbert, if you got him, fire him up this week. Max, give me your extra juicy dog at the running back position for week 14. I'm going to stick with the Los Angeles Chargers and go Austin Eckler. Here's the reason mm. being, this guy needs to get going. The last time I brought him up and I said he needs to get going, he ended up in the end zone because I had a my buddy, Mr. Tutty, with him. Oh, whoa, whoa. I'm not I'm not calling anything this oh, time. All right, nervous, I'm not calling nervous. anything this time. Okay, nervous. he's going up against Denver like we already brought up. They're ranked 32nd against the run. Dead freaking last. last. Dead last. Okay, Austin Eckler was probably your number one or number two overall pick in any fantasy league. And he has five total touchdowns this year. Five. That's that's unheard of with Austin Eckler compared compared to previous seasons where he's had at least twenty touchdowns and a yeah. uh, hundred receiving a uh, hundred uh, receptions for yeah. almost a thousand yards. He's having a tough season. He's having a tough season, but he's going to get it going against Denver. Fire up Austin Eckler. Don't be don't be worried about him. In full PPR leagues, these last three weeks for Austin Eckler. 4.7 points last week, 9.4 and 7.0. My goodness, he hasn't given you double digits for three weeks. Austin Eckler, the the juice might have been squeezed on him. What do you think about Eckler, Mike? And give us your extra juicy dog at the running back position. I don't think Eckler's got it. <clears throat> I just say he's too inconsistent. Free agent? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, honestly, not just him, but just the Chargers in general. Yeah, I would never, I would never put my eggs in the Chargers basket. No. Um, but I so I originally had two because they're due back most certain to Kane for Dolphins. Uh, you know they're playing the Big playing chain. the Titans, but. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna stick with a cane. He's coming back from injury. Chan, but he's coming back from injury, and he is fast as fuck, boy, yeah. fast as fuck. And I think he's gonna run all over him. Hmm. The Titans, they uh, they get beat up on the ground. They're currently 13 and a half point underdogs. Miami, they're 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 gonna get loose. They're gonna get loose on Monday night. My extra juicy dog at the running back position for week 14. This is a layup, okay? I'm not going out on a limb on this one. This is a layup, but sometimes you got to take your layups. Christian McCaffrey, they're playing the Seahawks, okay? McCaffrey's number one, according to the running back position this week. He leads the league with 1,032 rushing yards. He is second in carries and rushing touchdowns with 12. He leads the position in receiving yards and receiving touchdowns with five. He's also second at the position with 51 receptions. Mm. He could be the fantasy MVP right now. He could be the fantasy MVP. Definitely. The Niners, they're 10.5-point home favorites, the largest favorite on the week. 46.5-point over-under in this one against the Seahawks. That's tied for the third highest on the week. The Seahawks, they're 28th against running backs. He has scored every week but week 10. He scored every week but week wow. 10 at Jacksonville this week. And damn it, he's going to do it again. I got the first one this week, boys and girls. My buddy, Mr. Yeah, Tuddy. Yeah, that's Christian an easy McCaffrey. One. This is a layup, but you got to take your that's layups. A, that's an easy one. If the one. paint's open, boys, why settle for a three when you can take a couple dribbles and get a nice, easy layup off the backboard? Christian McCaffrey, he's going to get in the end zone against the Seahawks. What do you think about that, Max? And give us your receiver. Uh, it, 
Christian McCaffrey is the best fantasy player at, uh, for for quite some time MVP. now. And he, he was the okay. I brought up Austin Eckler was your number one or number two overall pick. Christian McCaffrey was my number one overall pick easily uh, it, on my big board. You know, I, I this guy like you you just said it, Cooper. He's looking like MVP. But let's go ahead and move on to the wide receiver. I'm gonna do a stack. CD Lamb, baby. Ooh. Give me some CD Lamb. Mm-mm-mm. I love lamb fresh off the bone when you grill it. Oh my goodness, it is quite juicy. And you know, I'm not I'm not into big fatty meats, but I'll tell you right now, lamb. That's a different kind of fat because it kind of melts in your mouth. Mm. Anyway, CD Lamb <laughs> versus Philadelphia. Wow, they're, they're ranked 32. Oh, I, Lamb's going to be this week, it, it, especially if CD Lamb gets in the end zone. Because I'm calling on my buddy, Mr. Tutty, for oh, uh, CD Lamb. I didn't even toss any stats one. out. I didn't, I, I, didn't even, I didn't toss any stats out. I just know what's going to happen. Philadelphia's <laughs> ranked 32nd against wide receivers. Dead last. Uh, this, guy, this guy has 90 receptions already, 1,182 receiving yards, seven receiving touchdowns. And hell, he even had a rushing touchdown. Okay, he's got eight total touchdowns. He has four touchdowns, four straight touchdowns in four games. Oh, my goodness, boys. I'm calling number five. I can't wait for this Eagles doll, uh, Eagles Cowboys matchup. It is gonna be extra juicy, like that lamb. Mm. <laughs> Mike, what do you think about lamb melting in your mouth? And give us your receiver. Oh, I, I hate the Cowboys. I just hate the Cowboys. And I that, like I said, I think they're gonna shit the bed. They usually do against the Eagles. I think they're gonna shit the bed. Um. Dak's going to choke. He ain't got that dog in him. He's going to take a shit out in the yard like one of those hairy-ass dogs. Get a dingleberry. He's going to be dragging his ass on the ground trying to get it out. I, I, don't, think, I don't think he got it. So, therefore, CD don't got it. But uh, for wide receiver, this is a layup. Tyreek Hill. The, I think the Dolphins are just going to fucking rock the Titans. And, you know, they're, they're, a bad, they're, they're not a good team. So... They show out against not good teams. And yeah, I think Tyreek's just going to run all over them. Yeah. Yeah, as a, as our Titans representative here, I can tell you it's going to be an ass beating on Monday. I I, I don't want to say it, but I, that's what I see coming. My extra juicy dog at the wide receiver position for week 14. I'm going to our guy, DJ Moore. They're playing Detroit. Okay, Go Bears. Hey, we like, D, we like DJ. I do like DJ Moore. We like yeah. DJ. Uh, are you surprised to hear that he's wide receiver 10 in full PPR leagues this season? Top 10 receiver, DJ Moore. He's having a good season. He's been playing really well. They're playing Detroit this week at home. They played him back in week 11. He had seven catches for 96 yards and a tutty. Only. Hold on here. Only one. I think he only has one touchdown since week five. Only one touchdown since week five for DJ Moore. But Justin Fields is back. They're three-point home underdogs. They're going to have to be thrown. Detroit, they're 23rd against the wide receiver position in fantasy. I think DJ Moore gets loose. I'm not going to guarantee anything. I don't want to get greedy. Okay, I'm in a little hot streak right now. I don't want to get greedy. But DJ Moore, you can fire him up. Solid wide receiver two. Maybe even a wide receiver one if you're in a pinch. Max, what do you think about your boy DJ Moore? And give us your tight end. I love DJ Moore. He's like the one bright spot that the Bears have. I still think the Bears should trade Justin Fields, get a top 10 pick with him, and then go ahead and get that number one pick along with another top 10 pick and just let's get stacked. 
the Bears win Super Bowls every 20 years. Oh, right. 85. Well, okay. When, okay. They won in 85. They go to the Super Bowl every 20 years. In 2005, they went to the Super Bowl against the Colts, lost two more years, everybody. Just two more years. 2025 is coming up. <laughs> the 20 year mark's coming up. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not following that. We have Caleb Williams, <laughs> DJ Moore. Uh, maybe we draft a, a, a top Khalil Herbert. <laughs> And I, I said a draft at top. Roshan Johnson. <laughs> Let's move on. I'm, I'm talking Fuck nothing. The I'm talking Fuck nonsense. The I'm Fuck talking nonsense. All right. At the tight end position, I'm going to go ahead and bring up George Kittle. George Kittle has not been doing too hot the last few games uh, as a fantasy manager. Uh, last game against Seattle, he only had three catches. Only had three catches. They're going up against Seattle again. Seattle is ranked 14th against tight ends. <laughs> Dude, I, I I just I just have a hunch. I, I just I just oh, think it's oh. gonna happen. Uh oh. Uh oh. I'm not calling it. Nah, uh, no, sorry. I gotta ruin his hopes. I'm gonna he does have five push, touchdowns on the year. I do think push. he could get in the end zone, but I'm not gonna go ahead and say it. I, I think that he's gonna get seven catches uh-huh. compared to three, but fire him up, everybody. He might have seven catches for hundred yards. Solid, solid. I thought you were going to guarantee something for us there. Yeah, thought about it. George Kittle, he's been paying off this season. The tight end four in full PPR leagues. Mike, what do you think about George Kittle? And give us your tight end. George Kittle's a great pick. I think he'll pop off. Uh, no, no complaints there. Uh, my tight end is going to be Mr. Laporta. I think they he I think the Lions are going to come back after being embarrassed by the Bears I think it's going to be a good game Um, but Laporta he's just been a beast all year Um, I see him stepping up against these guys especially trying to get some payback against them the Bears 29th against tight ends in fantasy so that's a that's a good pick there Mike my extra juicy dog at the tight end position to finish this up here for week 14 a name some people might have forgotten about. Might have been dropped in a lot of leagues. He was dropped in our league, Max, and I believe he was scooped up. I'll have to double-check. You better go double-check your waiver wires, people out there. But it's Dallas Goddard. He's back this Mm. week at Dallas Mm -hmm. on Sunday Night Football. He returns after missing four weeks with a broken arm. Pretty solid recovery there. It's been four weeks already? Four weeks. Wow. I, I, that yeah. went by quick. Damn. There was a okay. there was a buy in there. There was a buy in there. Okay. He's Dallas Goddard. He's tied in 11 on a points per game basis. Points per game. I had to get a piece of this game in this segment. This Cowboys-Eagles game is juicy. It's got a 51 point over under. It's easily the highest on the week. This could be a shootout. Goddard, he's only been over 50 receiving yards in two games this season. He's only had over 50 receiving yards in two games. The Eagles at three and a half point underdogs. They're going to have to be throwing underdogs again this week after getting their ass kicked by the mm-hmm. 49ers last week. Dallas, their mid pack against tight ends, 15th. I think you can you can fire up Dallas Goddard. He was dropped in a lot of leagues. If you're struggling at tight end, go check if he's available because you can start him this week. I like it. Max, you got anything for on Dallas Goddard for us? Hey, I got him on my in my other fantasy league. I, I'll probably be firing him up. Thank you for that oh. insight, Cole Breezy. Nice. <laughs> Back here on the Don't Tell Mama Sports Podcast, we want to thank Mike Zentz. Yeah, thank you, Mike. Our Bengals representative for coming out and talking with us this week, shooting the shit. But he doesn't watch college basketball. 
And we do. So we got to talk a little college basketball because we that's our favorite sport. Uh-uh. And we're just going to shoot around here with the AP poll. Got a little reaction here from this week because we got a number, a new number one team, Maxwell. The Arizona Wildcats. How about it? Received 59 out of 63 first place votes. The Tucson Cats are number one for the first time since 2014. 2014, they haven't been number one since. All five starters for Arizona average double figures, led by UNC transfer Caleb Love. Love is averaging 13.3 points, 4.7 boards, 4.4 assists, and 1.6 steals. Sophomore Kylan Boswell is fourth in the nation, shooting 54.3% from three on five attempts per game and has not missed a free throw this season. Wow. Arizona is third in the nation in scoring with 93.4 points Ooh. per game. Oh, boys. They are shooting. Oh, oh boys. <laughs> <laughs> they are shooting 50.6% from the floor. That's 15th nationally. They are second in rebounding with 47.1 boards per game and also fourth in the nation in assists with 21 per game. Max, I just named a couple of statistics there that Arizona Wildcats are top five in the nation in. Yeah. I was bouncing around for a final four team and I was thinking about Arizona. I didn't think they had that. I didn't think they had that go-to guy and they still might not. They still might not have that go-to guy because their leading score is only averaging 13.3 points. But I flipped off of Arizona and went to Baylor. But Arizona is looking looking really good right now. Yeah. Max, what do you think about those top five stats? Great stats. Okay, but I, I, I have to put a butt. I have to put a butt. Ooh. Here, here's the reason being. Okay. Arizona's eight. Okay. They deserve to be up there, by the way. Okay. Especially with these stats. Don't get me wrong, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you who they played against and why those stats are so high. First game of the season, they played Morgan state. They scored 122 points while Morgan State scored 59. Okay, Morgan state Blow, sucks. Blowout. Okay. They played uh, Southern. Southern what? Just Southern. Just Southern. Uh, <laughs> okay. They scored 97 points. They played Belmont, which Belmont, it's We've, seen We've, We've seen, seen them. them. We've seen them in We've the dance, them. but they're not going to be good this year. They scored 100 points against Belmont. Uh, they played UT Arlington. They scored 101 points against them. And then they just played uh, the the toothpaste company in Colgate. Uh, and they, well, that, that, hey, they scored 82 points. Hey, but... they went dancing last year. <laughs> Colgate went dancing last year. Yeah, they, they also stopped dancing pretty quick, too. <laughs> the music uh, was shut off. So I just named a bunch of teams that are queens. Mm -hmm. And, but, Regardless, scoring 100 points, still pretty damn good. They do have two quality wins, and that is against Duke, which mm. I think we can agree Duke at isn't Duke. as good at, at Duke. Duke. Great win. That's probably their be that is by far their best win, no doubt about it. I think Duke is weaker than we are expecting. Still early on in the year, though. And then they also beat Michigan State, uh, which you know, good win, but Michigan State looks like shit. They, yeah. I don't know, they'll figure it out. They always do, but they look like shit. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not jumping out of my seat for Arizona yet. Those stats would make any boy who's 10 years old and doesn't understand basketball jump out of his seat. Okay. But me looking at the games as a man, I'm not excited about it yet because coming up, 
in two weeks, which we'll talk about. I'm just going to bring it up real briefly. They have to take on my Purdue Boilers. That will dictate whether or not I think that this is a real team or, or, or dominating number one seed type team. The Arizona Wildcats, that schedule you just named out, it equates, according to ESPN, to be the 145th strength ranked strength of schedule, 145th for Arizona. You you just brought up that Purdue game. Let's look at let's look at Arizona's next four games. They host Wisconsin this Saturday. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Wisconsin's mm-hmm. looking good. Okay, Wisconsin's looking good. They host Wisconsin Saturday. Then they play Purdue in Indianapolis the following Saturday, like you said, in the Indy Classic. I believe this is the first year, first or second year for the Indy Classic. And then they play Alabama in Phoenix. And then they play the Florida Atlantic Owls in Vegas after that. Oh, baby. Out of those four stretch. Out of those four games, finish up here on Arizona. What's their record out of those four games? Two and two. Ooh. Wow. You don't trust the Wildcats. They're going to lose to Tommy Lloyd? I'm not going against Purdue on that. They're going to lose against Purdue. And then I could see Wisconsin taking them down, too. I cannot wait for that Arizona Purdue game. Oh, me too. But oh my, I'm I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt here, and I'm gonna say three and one. I'm gonna say three and one. Okay. Who was the loss? If I had to pick one, it's Purdue and Indianapolis. I mean, that's right, that's right. a that's that's you tell me, Max. Hour hour and fifteen drive from West yeah. Lafayette to Indianapolis. It's it's a, basically a home game for Purdue. That's a home game. Okay, yeah. that's not a neutral court game. But but it's not Mackey Arena. No. Okay, Mackey's a bit different. All right, it's a bit different. It's a bit louder in Mackey. Okay, we've been there plenty of games. Talking about Mackey, let's talk about your Boilers, the Purdue Boilermakers, because they dropped a big game. They they dropped from number one to number four. They lost to the Northwestern Private School Pussycats for the second season in a row while being ranked number one. Doug yeah. Collins and Boo Booey and these boys, they got them last year when Purdue was number one. The Boilers, they shot 5 of 19 from 3. 26%. 5 of 19. Northwestern shot 10 of 20 from 3. Doubled them up in threes. 50% from downtown. Max, this is what might frustrate you here. Purdue, they were plus 11 in free throw makes. Plus 11 in free throw makes. And this is going to flabbergast you. Plus 25 on the boards. Oh, my goodness. Purdue was plus 25 on the boards. But they had 17 turnovers compared to only three. Northwestern only turned the ball over three times. Purdue had four turnovers in overtime. Max, what do you think about those stats? And tell me about your Boilers for the second straight season. Yeah. Losing to these Uh, Pussy Cats while being number one. All right, real quick. Northwestern is underrated. Okay, I brought it up. At the begin before the season started, we were talking about all American uh, uh, second team All Americans. I picked Boo Booey to make the second team All American team. This guy can score. Okay, he is a dog on the court. Okay, this guy can really, really play, and he takes care of the ball. Northwestern, they they take care of the damn ball. They did it last year. I believe they were under ten turnovers per game, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it was under ten, and they're doing it again this year. They move the ball around, find the open shot, and they play defense. Purdue, man, they're trying to get too flashy. They're getting too cocky. I was watching the game. Braden Smith, who's an outstanding point guard, 
He's trying to make behind the back passes, you know, over the head type of Mr. You know, Indiana? No, look, no look, Mr. Indiana, no look passes. That? And guess what? They weren't open. He, uh, the ball's going out of bounds. Fletcher lawyers talking, trying to throw it, to, force it into Zach Eady. And it's like, just lob it over to him. <laughs> like Zach Eady's seven foot four. He'll reach up and go grab it. Why are you giving him a freaking chest pass at the knee? <laughs> and, <laughs> so, uh, it was a great game to watch, though. Purdue was losing. They set up a play with two seconds left, a lob to Zach Eady, and then he obviously made the uh, the layup to go to overtime. It was a, it was just a, a brilliant drawn up play by Matt Painter. I don't bl- I don't blame it actually on the coaching. I don't blame it on Eady, who had thirty six and fourteen that night. I blame it on the guards who keep on turning the damn ball over. You guys got to handle the ball, make better passes. But hey, we got the first loss out of the way. All right, so now we don't have to think about it anymore. Northwestern's good. Definitely the guards were a, a thing that we were worried about last year. They were freshmen last year, Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith. Now they're sophomores, definitely better. Uh, you mentioned the ED, big game. Northwestern had three guys with at least 20 points in this one, led yeah. by your guy, Boo Booey, with 31 points, nine assists, and zero turnovers. Nine assists, zero turnovers. It's impressive. Finishing up here on the Boilers, Zach Eady, both of our National Player of the Year, the reigning National Player of the Year. He's averaging 23.7 points. That's third in the nation. 11.2 boards. That's fifth. And 2.9 blocks. That's seventh. Nice. Anything else about your Boilers and Eady before we move on? Zach Eady gets more fouled more than anybody in the league. I think he got fouled 15 times against Northwestern. 15. They are hanging on him like he's a jungle gym. And there's and the funny thing is, is that there are fouls that the refs don't call. Like sometimes they're just like, ah, we're not gonna call it this time. I swear. I I swear. Sometimes they just like, ah, let's give him a break. We we keep blowing the whistle out. (laughs) Let's move the game. Let's move all. Let's let's move the game along. We can't we can't call a foul every single time, even though it's a foul. Uh, but anyway, once again, they got it out of the way. Uh, they still looked good, scoring 90, 88, 90 points. It was something like that. Um, so I, I, it was a fun game to watch. I, I love it. It's Big Ten basketball, everybody. And then and then to take uh, just so we just so we're clear, moving on to Monday, they freaking ran all over Iowa at Mackey Arena, just stomped them down on the ground. They they took the starters out with 10 minutes left to go. 10 minutes left to go. They took the start. ED might have been out at the 14 minute mark. Okay. They just said, ah, we're good. We're good. Good. Yeah. Good. Moving along to my Kansas Jayhawks because they had a big game last week that we did a preview on. They moved from number five to number two after that Big East Big 12 battle against UConn last Friday. Max, you sat up here and you disrespected Bill Self and you went against him. In Allen Fieldhouse in this game. That's ridiculous. They shot 50% from the floor. They shot 50% from the floor against UConn. They shot 9 of 14 from three. That's 64% from three. Pretty damn good. Talking about your Huskies here. Tristan Newton led the Huskies with 31 points on six of nine from three. He's looking like an All-American. I had Donovan Klingon, the seven-foot-two big man, on my third team. I'm sl- I was sleeping on Tristan Newton. Tristan Newton is a way bigger factor than Donovan Klingon. Tristan Newton, he's averaging 17.1 points, 7.6 boards, and 6.1 assists. Damn. Okay, that's an All-American right now. Your guy, Cam Spencer, who you wanted to bring up last week, he scored six points in 36 36 minutes. He shot 2 of 12. He shot 2 of 12, and he bricked two free throws. 
Oh, did he? He finally yeah. missed. He finally yeah. missed. Oh, yeah. my. Six oh points my. in 36 minutes. Get out of here, Cam Spencer. Uh, moving, moving along to the game last night against, sorry, in this game against UConn, Kevin McCuller, he led the Jayhawks with 21 points on three of four from three. Looking at last game, last night's game against the Kansas City Ruse. The Kansas City Ruse, short for Kangaroos. Okay, we want to talk I, about I, the- I like that yes. a lot. Yes. <laughs> I, I wanted to, I wanted to bring yeah. that up. Too many Hell Wildcats. Yeah. Too many Wildcats out there. The Kansas City Ruse. Not the Kangaroos, but the Ruse. Kansas played them last night. Kicked that ass. But Kevin McCuller, he had a career-high 25 points on 9 of 13 shooting. Only missed four shots. This is his fifth 20-point game of the season. He had three career 20-point games in his previous four seasons. Wow. Three 20-point games in his first four seasons. He's got five this year. Max, tell me about Kevin McCuller, this Kansas win over UConn, and why you hate Bill Self. I'm going to lead it off with Bill Self. I, I said multiple times on the Don't Tell Mama, I think Bill Self might be the best coach in basketball. And that is in the NBA as well. Okay. He might be very well the best coach in basketball. Okay. Moving on from that. All right. Uh, <laughs> Kevin McCuller, uh, whoa. Okay. This guy's had a few triple doubles this year already. You mm-hmm. you guys might be looking at, in Kansas anyway, with Hunter Dickinson and Kevin McCuller, you guys might be looking at two top 20 wooden watches. I, 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 I could I could see that. I yeah, can definitely see that. You're coming. right. You're right. Yeah. Good call. So well, which that will be coming uh, later on in, in the year, everybody. We do. We always do our top 20 breakdown. Can't yeah. wait. Yeah. So Heck much yeah. fun. So much Heck fun. Yeah. Uh, and then as far as that. Oh, OK. The win against UConn. That's a big win. OK. That was a back and forth game. Mm. It, it back and forth. It was. UConn had, UConn had the lead at one point. Uh, and then but then, yeah, you guys took it away, took it away. And then UConn had a big win against you. Uh, sorry. Against. The Tar Heels, UNC, mm-hmm. last night, which that was another big pick-me-up game. And uh, Cam Spencer had 23 that night. So he he woke up a little bit. Your guy. Right. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> Just to wrap up with Kansas here, they lead the nation in shooting at 53.6% from the floor. They also lead the nation in assists with 22.8 per game. Dewan Harris, he's fifth in the nation in assists with 7.2 a game. Hunter Dickinson, he's second in the nation in rebounding with 12.2 per game. And KJ Adams, a guy that a lot of people don't know about, super athletic, hits his freaking chin on the rim. He's fifth in the nation with shooting 70.6% from the floor. Oh, wow. Kansas has a big four. Okay, look out. Let's move on. No bench. I agree. No bench. That's going to be the biggest factor this year for the Kansas Jayhawks. It was a big factor last year along with size. We got more size this year with Hunter Dickinson. But the bench, they got to come. They got to Bill's Bill's got to get more minutes right now. Yeah. Let's move on and talk about Duke here because they fell the furthest in the AP poll this week. An astonishing 15 spots. Oh, my goodness. Number seven to number 22. They lost at Arkansas by five, then at Georgia Tech by four. Our guy, Kyle Filipowski, he's getting it done. He's averaging 19 and eight boards, shooting 53% from the floor. Needs more help. He needs more help. Duke's best win was in the Champions Classic over Michigan State. That's that's not that's not saying that much. What do you think about Duke falling 15 spots in the poll, Max? 
I, I already said it earlier that uh, I, I think that the hype for Duke was too early, I guess, just too early. That they, they, they were ranked number two to start the season. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, a lot of, again, hyping up Duke over nothing, mm-hmm. okay? They they have three bad losses already. Uh, well, I, I guess Arizona's a good, you know, not, not a good loss, but a better loss. But Georgia Tech? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Arkansas. Yeah. At Arkansas. Yeah. At yeah, Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like Arkansas, Musselman. Uh, they'll be there. But ah, sorry to say about Duke, but uh, they'll, they'll, they'll wake up. They'll figure it out. They'll probably be up for the ACC championship game. So they'll be they'll be a top four seed. They'll be a yeah. top four seed. Yeah. I, I have confidence in Duke. They got some NBA players there, as they always do. I like Kyle Filipowski. They got Jeremy Roach as a leader. We'll see what happens with Tyrese Proctor and his injury, but I'm not worried about Duke. I'm not worried nah, about Duke. Nah. Last team we want to talk about here in the AP poll reaction is the Colorado State Rams. Okay. Now, yeah. usually usually we talk about the team that made the biggest jump. North Carolina this week made the biggest jump. They moved up eight spots. But we've talked about the Tar Heels enough. We've talked about RJ Davis, Armando Baycott, and Hubert Davis. They moved up eight spots. Right behind them was the Colorado State Rams. They made the second biggest jump this week, moving up seven spots from number 20 to number 13. Wow. The 8-0 Rams' last three wins were over Washington, Colorado, and then ranked, and then eighth-ranked Creighton by 21. Oh, Beat Creighton by 21 when baby, they were ranked baby. eight. Sleeping on the Rams right now. They are sixth nationally shooting 52.7% from the floor. They are fifth nationally with 20.1 assists per game. But they're only averaging 32.1 boards per game. That's 329th. 329th out of 362 Division I teams. The Rams of Colorado State, they are led by senior point guard Isaiah Stevens. He's averaging 17.1 points and 7.9 assists. That's tied for nice. second in the nation. Very good. Second in the nation, more than my guy, Dewan Harris. He's shooting, Isaiah Stevens is shooting 54% from the floor, 85% from the line, and 46% from deep. Look out for this guy. Wow. Colorado where, is State. Col- where is Colorado State, real quick? Uh, they're, they're in Fort Collins, north, okay. about an hour and 15 north of Denver. Uh, cl- closer to the Wyoming border. Got it. Uh, these Rams they could they could easily be easily be undefeated for a while if you look at their schedule. There's there it's it's not it's not the best schedule right now. They're ranked 86th strength of schedule. 86th strength of schedule. According to Ken Palm, they have the sixth ranked offense. Oh, Max, what do you think about these Colorado State Rams making some noise, beating Big Brother Colorado last week? Oh boys, the Rams, the Rams are moving. Ooh, I'd love to see it. This is a Cinderella story in the making already. I mean, we're not even in March and we're talking about a Cinderella story. The Colorado State Rams, come on. Uh, gotta love to see it. You always love seeing the teams like this that nobody knows. Nobody's like because even me, I was like, uh, where where, where are they from? What uh, the what what part of Colorado? Uh so go Rams. That's awesome. Cool. I've got January 30th marked on my calendar because that's when the reigning national runner-up San Diego State Aztecs come to town. I'm I looked at tickets yesterday, $33. Oh. I think I'm making a trip on Tuesday night, January 30th. Very nice. 
back here on the Don't Tell Mama Sports Podcast. We appreciate everybody coming out, sticking with us, staying for a long episode this week. We just got two more game picks to make in this college basketball schedule because we got two juicy ones on Saturday we got to talk about real quick. 10 o'clock Mountain Time on CBS. We got the 20th ranked Illini of Illinois sitting at 7-1. That only loss, a home loss to Marquette. They're going on the road to take on the 17th ranked Rick Barnes-led Tennessee Volunteers. They're at 5-3. Okay, they picked up some losses in Maui. The Illini, they're led by Terrence Shannon, an All-American for us. He's averaging 21.6 points. He's shooting 54% from the floor, 75% mm-hmm. from the line, and 45% from deep. Illinois, they're third in the nation with 46.4 boards per game. But, Max, here's here's the biggest one for me about the Illini. Mm-hmm. They're only shooting 62.5% from the free throw line. Yeesh. 62.5%. That's ranked 335th out of 362 D1 teams. Oh, my goodness. Terrence Shannon and Southern Illinois transfer Marcus Domask each had a career high 33 points against FAU. Shannon shot 10 of 14 and Domask shot 15 of 21. Holy moly. Yeah. Looking at Tennessee real quick here. They're led by Northern Colorado transfer Dalton Connect. He's averaging 19 points a game. The Volunteers, they they ended their three-game losing streak last night against George Mason. They lost to Purdue, Kansas, North Carolina. Those are three solid, solid, solid losses. losses. Yeah. They've only allowed Tennessee, they've only allowed more than 71 points once this season. That was the hundred that North Carolina hung on them. Max, where are you going at, at in this game? What do you think about those stats? Where are you going? Illinois, Tennessee. I think it's a low scoring game. Uh, but I, I just watched the Illinois play FAU last night, and I, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I was pretty impressed. Uh, Dumask and obviously Ter- uh, Shannon is just, man, they are some elite scorers. I, I was so surprised with Dumask. It didn't look like – he wasn't missing, man. He wasn't missing. 15 to 21. Yeah. 15 to 21. At every shot he threw up, it just seemed like he was going in. I think he did a Michael Jordan situation where he made a shot, he goes to the scores table, and he just went like, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just going in. You know, I don't know. I don't know. What, what else am I going to do? Uh, so I am going to go with Illinois. I do think Illinois is going to take Tennessee down. I think that the elite scoring of these two guys and the rebounding ability uh, is going to allow them to push, uh, push them a little bit over. You're big on your big 10 teams as usual. I am. The, <laughs> yeah, I'm a little biased. The a little le- bit. The Illini, Illinois, led by Brad Underwood. He he's making he's making basketball there relevant again. Okay, yeah. he's making basketball relevant in Champaign. They've been ranked in the preseason for four straight seasons before never accomplishing that in their program's history. They were never ranked preseason before Brad Underwood got there. Huh. Their last Sweet Sixteen was in two thousand five when they lost in that title game to UNC. Max, real quick before I make my pick, do you see Illinois possibly making a Sweet 16 this year and ending that drought? Oh, man, definitely depends on matchups, but their rebounding ability and two elite scores, yeah, I can see a Sweet 16. Nice, I can see it too. This is a toss-up game. I lean towards the home team. I lean towards the Tennessee Volunteers. This is going to be a, a, a battle defensively. 
According to Ken Palm, Illinois is the ninth ranked defensive team in the nation, while Tennessee is the second ranked defensive team in the nation. Two top 10 defensive teams here. Well, I go to the strength of schedule. We talked about Tennessee going over to Maui. Tennessee has a sixth ranked strength of schedule, according to ESPN, while yeah. Tennessee is 118th. I got to go Tennessee, Rick Barnes at home, five and three. They don't want to see three losses. They don't want to see four losses. Tennessee gets this one done at home. It's going to be a great, great matchup. Uh, me living in Tennessee, I, can, I almost want to root for him, but I don't know. There's something, t- there's something telling me about Illinois over here. I guess I could see you getting a Tennessee volunteer shirt within three years. <laughs> <laughs> Moving into our last game pick for the college basketball schedule for this week on Saturday at 115 Mountain Time on ESPN. We got a doozy here. The Badgers of Wisconsin sitting at seven two, seven and two, ranked twenty-third in the nation. They're going on the road to, to take on the top ranked Wildcats of Arizona. They're undefeated. Since we last talked, Wisconsin beat Marquette by 11 before going to East Lansing and handling Tom Izzo and the Spartans by 13. Wisconsin is proving some things to me. They have four guys averaging double figures led by St. John's transfer A.J. Store. He's averaging 14.2 points on 92% shooting from the line. 92% shooting from the line, A.J. Store. We looked at Arizona. We talked about them already, but I'm gonna I'm gonna review real quick. They see all five starters averaging double figures, led by UNC transfer Caleb Love. He's averaging 13.3 points, 4.7 boards, 4.4 assists, and 1.6 steals. Sophomore Kylan Boswell is fourth in the nation, shooting 54.3 percent from three on five attempts per five attempts per game, and has not missed a free throw this season. Kylan Boswell. He's built like a freaking linebacker, okay? He's a solid guard in the in the Pac-12. Arizona, the Wildcats, they're third in the nation in scoring with 93.4 points per game, shooting 50.6% from the floor. That's 15th nationally. And they're fourth in the nation in assists with 21 per game, 21 assists per game. I'm going Arizona. They're at home. Wisconsin, they've proven a lot to me by beating Marquette by 11. Going to Michigan State and beating them by double digits, 13. Wisconsin, they're they're a top four team in the Big Ten, I would say. But they're going to take a loss here. They're going to take a loss in Tucson. Originally, I thought this game was in Wisconsin. So I was going to lean towards Wisconsin at home. But I'm I'm going to go ahead and give it to Arizona as well. I I, I think uh, with all those stats that you tossed out, the, the players that they have on their team, hey, they're ranked number one for a reason, right? Uh, I think it's going to be a tough matchup, but I think Arizona at home, they'll t- they'll take it. Arizona is second in the nation in rebounding with 47.1 boards per game. Mm. The Badgers, they're averaging 34.3 boards per game. That's 268th nationally. Eesh. Biggest one for me about the Badgers of Wisconsin, there's no rim protection. Uh, you and I could go get a layup there. They're only averaging 1.4 blocks per game. Oh, jeez. That, that's 349th. Out of 362 Division One teams. Wow. You and I can go get a layup on the Badgers right now. <laughs> seven foot, 260 pound Umar Balo and seven foot two, 260 pound Mataju Krivis. They're both going to have a field day in this one. Okay. Both mm-hmm. of them are going to have a double doubles, two seven footers. Oh, there's going to be a lot of dunks. Arizona gets this one done at home. 
Oh, baby, Max, that's going to do us this week on wow. the Don't Tell Mama Sports Podcast. Wow. We appreciate everybody coming out. We appreciate Mike Zentz, our Cincinnati Bengals representative, for coming out. Had a good time with him. Max, you got anything for us before we get out of here? Oh, man, it was a long one. I'm sweating. I'm ready for bed. It's like, it's like a, I'm always sweaty, but it's like a, it's like 11 o'clock here. I, I, I'm ready for Betty Bye. Uh, but everybody, thank you for coming out for the to the Don't Tell Mama Sports Podcast. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Once again, we're on YouTube, we're on Spotify, we're on iHeartRadio, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Twitter, and we are on Instagram. Please follow us on everything, comment. Let's have some conversations with you. But man, Cobras, I don't know about you, but I, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I don't even know if I'm brushing my teeth tonight. I might just oh. hit the pillow. I just hit the pillow. You're gonna press. You're gonna close your laptop and just stumble out. Probably stub your toe on something and just fall into bed. Well, I hope I don't stub my toe because that's gonna wake me right up, and I'm gonna sweat even more because I'm gonna be yelling, "Fuck, motherfucker!"